With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Today's podcast is coming in a day late due to the long weekend over here in the U.S. Speaking of which, I hope all our U.S.-based listeners had a great 4th of July. So this week, we have lots of juicy news to sink our teeth into. President Xi has declared that Hong Kong must be governed by patriots. Xi made those comments at a swearing-in ceremony for the city's new chief executive, John Lee. Plus, various Chinese cities have cut back on their spending as their revenue continues to dry up. With all the top stories from the world's second-largest economy, here is your weekly roundup. A swearing-in ceremony for Hong Kong's new chief executive, John Lee, and his cabinet took place on July 1st, a day which also marked the 25th anniversary of the territory's return to China. Lee, a former security chief, took his oath of office in front of President Xi Jinping, who was on his first trip outside the Chinese mainland since the COVID-19 pandemic began two and a half years ago. The new city leader pledged, in Mandarin, to uphold the city's mini-constitution, the Basic Law. He also promised to be accountable to the central government. In his speech at the ceremony, President Xi said that Hong Kong must be governed by patriots, saying that, quote, There is no country or region in the world that would allow those who are not patriots or even treasonous forces and individuals to control power. To which Donald Trump said, Hold my beer. She added that there is no reason to change the one-country-two-systems constitutional principle of governance in Hong Kong that was put in place at the handover in 1997. And speaking of the former British colony, one Hong Kong investor is taking on Evergrande, an overseas-registered company reportedly owned by Hong Kong businessman Lin He Man. Lian Haomin is demanding the liquidation of the heavily indebted property giant Top Shine, a Samoan Islands-registered holding company, filed suit in late June in Hong Kong's High Court. An unnamed Top Shine executive told Reuters that the company asked the court to order the liquidation of Evergrande's assets to honor a repurchase agreement signed last year as part of its fundraising for an online real estate and automobile marketplace. Evergrande confirmed that the suit is related to a financial obligation of the equivalent of almost $110 million, 
but the troubled property titan insisted that the lawsuit would not affect its restructuring timetable, vowing to vigorously oppose the petition. Evergrande is grappling with more than $300 billion in liabilities and undergoing a debt restructuring. The company said recently that a preliminary proposal can be expected on schedule by the end of July, fulfilling a promise it made to investors in January. It's been a tough week for one certain social media influencer. China's security regulator says that the influencer, surnamed Xu, who boasts around 4 million Weibo followers, has been charged for allegedly luring investors to make millions of dollars in trades on a bogus online platform. Beginning in 2021, Xu allegedly advertised on Weibo and in live streaming sessions to attract people to buy and sell exchange-traded fund futures through an unauthorized app. Within a year, more than 350 people had investments totaling more than 30 million yuan or $4.5 million. The regulator said these investors often suffered heavy losses. In major energy news, China is expected to produce as much as 200 million more tons of coal this year than in 2021. The news comes as several regional hubs follow Beijing's call to ensure sufficient supply as the country faces shrinking coal imports and soaring energy prices. China began boosting the coal supply in October in the wake of a nationwide power crunch that was caused by reduced output and a spike in power demand. In April, the state council reiterated the importance of coal for the country's energy security and pushed for an additional 300 million tons of coal production capacity this year. Last week, TF International Securities estimated China's additional thermal coal output this year at 200 million tons given the continuous increase of production capacity in Inner Mongolia Autonomous Region as well as Shanxi and Shanxi provinces. Richard Liu The founder and chairman of JD.com is back in the headlines. It has emerged that Liu has been selling down his holdings in the Chinese e-commerce giant over the past few weeks. According to exchange filings, he has cashed out over $930 million. The share sales are just the latest step Liu has taken over the last few years to distance himself from the company he founded. The moves coincide with a pending civil lawsuit in the United States against him and the company he founded that center on four-year-old rape accusations. Liu, whose name in Chinese is Liu Changdong, unloaded $4.5 million of JD.com's American Depository shares on June 17th. That's according to a filing to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission two days later. The sale could have netted Liu almost $280 million dollars. The filing also disclosed that Max Smart Investment, an entity solely owned by Liu, made 26 share sales between May 23rd and June 16th to sell a total of 11.11 million American depository shares, cashing out well over $650 million in total. Liu was JD.com's biggest shareholder at the end of the first quarter. Also making the news this week is how some big Chinese cities are having to adjust their second-half spending. That's due to anticipation of revenue declines resulting from pandemic controls and tax refunds and reductions. The government of southwest China's Chongqing City plans to cut 5 billion yuan of planned general public spending. According to the local government, Chongqing plans to reduce spending on general public services, public security, social security, health, 
urban and rural communities, agriculture, and transportation. Meanwhile, eastern China's Suzhou city has also had to adjust its annual spending structure. The government plans to reduce outlays on public receptions, conferences, training, overseas business travel, and non-emergency projects. Suzhou will use the savings for urgent projects such as pandemic control and business rescue. And finally, a former official at China's top banking regulator has been appointed to oversee financial regulatory work in the central province of Henan. The appointment of Liu Rong comes as financial regulators are investigating a number of Henan rural lenders that suspended online services in April, leaving customers unable to access billions of yuan in savings. Cai Xin has learned that local police are also investigating a Henan investment company, which is a shareholder of some of the local banks, on suspicion of illegally taking deposits. Let's turn now to Manuel Zhou, company news reporter for Caixin Global, for a look at one of the big stories in the news this week. Welcome, Manuel. Glad to be here, Kaiser. Okay, so Manuel, you've been writing a lot about energy and the green power market. So, what exactly is China's green power market, the green power trading system? Sure. So,、um, China has launched a pilot program for a green power trading system in September 2021. Under the program, power generators are permitted to sell wind or solar-generated electricity directed to certain types of end users. The end users, in turn, can offset their carbon footprint through the purchase. Other types of renewable power, such as hydropower or nuclear power, are supposed to be included in the future. Great. So, how does the trading system work to, you know, advance the country's interests and take it closer to its goals? The Green Power Trading Pilot Program is a national program. It is designed by the National Development and Reform Commission and the National Energy Administration. It, it is a part of China's efforts to pursue its dual carbon goals of picking its ambitions by 2030 and. Reaching carbon neutrality by 2060, according to the latest five-year plan for renewable energy in June, China set a target for renewable power generation to account for one third of total power usage by 2025, although down from a previous goal of two thirds. To meet the target, China released another plan at the start of this year to further spur the demand for green energy, especially from. Industry leaders and major state-owned companies, and the green power trading system is a perfect choice for companies from sectors like steelmaking and crude oil to buy green power in exchange for a carbon footprint offset. So, Manian, your story is about how there's actually some conflict going on in the green energy market.、Uh, explain why there are some claiming that it actually goes against certain interests when it's supposed to be, you know, good for not only the The environment, but for business as well. A good question. First, we need to know a fact that in China, the regions rich in solar and wind power resources tend not to be those that consume the most power. 
a situation that makes a pretty good case for the idea that direct sale of green electricity across provision borders might offer some efficiency gains. And that did happen before. For instance, German chemical giant Basif managed to purchase solar power for three of its production bases in Shanghai from Ningxia province when the pilot program first started in September. But that may not be as smooth as we thought. Basif told Taixing that almost every province has its own rules, price mechanisms, and trading departments. And all these differences are challenges to prevent the company from purchasing more green power from a different region. Meanwhile, China's central government has asked provision-level governments to meet certain renewable energy usage quotas each year. For provision region that has generated much green power, but also sells the power to entities outside the province, it will fail to meet this consumption quota. Gansu, for instance, which failed to hit the quota last year, has since tightened up its rules for transmitting power outside the province. According to a local industry insider, the Gansu government has instructed renewable power generators to sell at least 90% of their electricity to local users this year to ensure that the province can hit the number. That means Gansu's power generators might have to turn down consumers from outside the province, even if they are offering higher prices than the locals. The insider said that the local generators should be allowed to sell to those offering the higher price, but can't because now they have their own number to hit. Okay, thanks so much, Manyun. Thank you, Kaiser. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Check out some of the other great podcasts in the Seneca Network, like the amazing China in Africa podcast and China Corner Office. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SubChina Access for the daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.